Well, get your Bibles out and go to 2 Samuel chapter 11. I want to make a, a, a statement starting off this morning. Um, Father's Day is not an easy day to preach. You know why? We watched a video just now about this young man and his father. But in our society today, there's a lot of people, they don't, that's not their experience. There's more, there's, there's way too much confusion about this man we call father or dad. And we could get into a lot of the reasons for it. So I'm going to make a statement here, and I'm going to ask you to work with me. I did not have a relationship with my father. Now, the reasons for that is that my dad was a Marine Corps pilot, and he fought in World War II in the Korean conflict, and he was gone most of the time in my childhood. Now, I never grew up with animosity because I don't know what it's like to live on a battlefield. I don't know what it's like to wake up every morning and get into a Corsair and to go bomb the enemy, get shot out of the sky, and come back and do it again. And most of those guys just drank and cussed and fought. Well, you know, you don't really acclimate real well when you come back. You understand? And I never had any animosity in my heart, but what, and I'm asking you to do this, if, if you're, the case is, as we celebrate Father's Day, if it's not the case that you had a good father, make up your mind, if you're a man, that you will be. I had to make up my mind not to follow in my dad's, what I called, failure in the arena of being dad. I had to make up my mind to be the man God wanted me to be, to be the father God wanted me to be, to be the dad. And in my home, I changed the culture. So, and, and I'm, I'm just going to say that right now because I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to your father. Maybe I am, but I'm most likely not. And I think that it's time for you and I to learn what the role of the father really is and what the role of a man is, because in our society, it has been lost. Thank you. And I think that right now, being Father's Day, is a good time to get in the Word of God and find out what God has to say about this subject, as opposed to what the world has to say about the subject, and you might find that it's different. Amen. We're going to start off with three things, and, uh, and I'm only going to go over three things. You understand, I want to do a whole series, and I really think I am one day. When I say one day, that's not true, one month, maybe two months, on the family. It's really time to pick the Bible back up and talk about the role of the dad, the role of the mom, the role of the child. And it, it would take time to do that. You can't do that in a Sunday. But I want to talk about the role of the father, and I'm going to go over three things this morning. And I'm going to say this to you, that no matter 
where your father is spiritually. The Bible says honor your mother and your father. The honor is as much for you as it is for them. When, when I turned 22 and I got born again, I, I had no relationship to my dad. Not a drop, not a drop. The only time I'd seen him for years would be the few times he came to the house drunk. So you can imagine, there's nothing there. But I got born again and I went and found my dad. And the first thing that his new wife did was chew me out for not coming more. And I thought, on my bike two-hour driving a car, and I didn't get into it with them because their perspective was wrong. My, I, I never saw his face, and now I'm here seeing you. Somebody's the man in this room, and it's me. And I didn't say anything to him, and I just decided after that to build a relationship to the best of my ability. And I decided to be the man you know, and, and I'm not looking back on him good, bad, or ugly. I just made up my mind I would be. And so I want to talk to you about some of the stuff I've learned about fatherhood and manhood. I, I certainly don't know it all. But the first one, well, let me go over the three of them that I want to go over real quick with you. Um, the, there's three primary roles of the father. Number one is protector. Number two is provider. And number three is disciplinarian. Now, when I say these, I'm not saying that the woman doesn't know how to protect, the woman doesn't help provide, and the woman doesn't discipline. But I'm telling you that those are the primary roles of a father. And in, in 2 Samuel 11.1, 1, I want to read something here. Um, and let's... Let's fix something. I, I, want, I want to fix something in your soul about the role of dad that has been, I think, lost. It says in 2 Samuel 11, 1, it happened in the spring of the year at the same time the kings go to battle. A man is a warrior. That's what a man is. Is. He is a conqueror. He's a fighter. Right. And I'm not talking about fighting people, just, just people. There's a place for that. I'm talking about the fact that whether or not we're talking about a man in the military or we're talking about a, a, a police, a firefighter, or a man that wakes up every morning and goes out into the world and fights like the devil to bring home a paycheck, it's a fight. And God put that in a man. And society has worked very diligently to take that out of him or to downplay his role as, as a protector, a provider. And because of that, let me read something I wrote here. Moms see the world in relation to their children, but fathers see the children in relation to the world. You have to understand that a, a man and a woman were designed by God to complement each other, not to compete. We need to quit trying to turn the modern male 
into a woman because some of them have agreed to it and that's called homosexuality. You can't turn your boys into girls. They're not. Okay. A woman wants to protect their children from getting hurt, but a man wants to prevent bad things from happening. Do you, do you understand the difference? A father is more interested in teaching you that the world is bad. Now, why don't I teach you how to handle it instead of just stuffing you in a closet and pretending like the world is not bad? Thank you. She thinks that guns hurt people, so you need to get them out of the house. And he thinks guns protect you from bad people. It's a mindset that's different in the man and different in the female. Now, a woman, now I understand this when we say this, this is not true 100% of the time. When we talk about women, there are women who, because the man did not do his job, had to step up and take the role of the man. And, and, and there's nothing that you can do to look at her and go, that was wrong. It's not wrong. You know, I wished I could say that every man fulfilled his role and he didn't. And every woman fulfilled hers, she did not. So let me just back up here and classify something a minute. If a boy is not raised to control his flesh and he's not disciplined correctly, that woman is marrying a brat. And he won't last long because he's never learned to control or temper the gift of God that's in him. And, and the woman is left most of the time raising the kids alone, and, and we could get into that. That's another whole subject. But there are men who have not fulfilled their role. We know that. I know that. Everybody in the room knows that. But I'm talking about what, what the role is supposed to be. Okay. At the bang in the night, the, the mother grabs the kids and the man grabs the gun. He heads to the yard and she heads to the closet with a baseball bat. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because she's going to hold that child and hell will freeze over before anybody gets to them, but she becomes mama bear. But dad needs to be in the yard and find out why they heard glass break. That's just, that is just normal. Again, again, are there times those are changed? Yeah, you know there are. But in all reality, God really made a female to be more nurturer then protect her. Oh, don't think she won't protect. And every woman went, amen. All right. One of the words we need to learn is that meek is not weak. I would rather have a man that could whoop you and won't than a man who can't. Yeah. 
<laughs> Do you understand? One of them's called discipline. The other one's called a coward. Now, in, in, in the last, not too long ago, and, and, and I want a little help with this. Some of you that know the Texas, in Texas, and I don't know the name of the town. Was it Odessa? Was that right? I'm going to write that down because I, does anybody know the guy's name? And, and I'm going to show you the difference here is that there was a, a border guard who heard about the boy with a rifle in the school. Y'all know the story already. The police were already there. And no chiding the women, but they were screaming at the police, go do your job. And when the father showed up and the chief of police told him to stand down, you need to understand a, a man will never bow the knee to a coward. If you can't attack a boy, I'm not worried about you bothering me. And he said, I, and he went in and he dealt with the situation and he eliminated the threat and got his wife and his daughter out. One of the things that a society must understand that a man is a warrior at heart. That's what makes him love football. It's what makes him love fighting. It's what makes him love. There, listen, stop trying to turn him into a girl. Teach them to use the gift correctly. Now, let, let, let me go another direction here for a moment. Oh, boy, um, that's next. I'll do that next because, oh, God, I want to say some things, and I want you to hear this because if, if men, if you'll let me preach, I'll fix a lot of your problems with your wives. And ladies, Um, the world needs men. And I'm not talking about males. I'm talking about men. See, it's when there's a bump in the night, the man leaves to go stop it. You need patents. You need Donald Trump's. See, the world wanted to downplay that. He, he, the reason he acted the way he acted is because there is a threat. Now, I'm going to give you a case in point here. The, 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 whatever the guy's name is, in Kim Young Jung Wung Chungi over in North Korea, whatever his name is, I don't know what it is, Kimmy, Kimmy boy. When, when Trump took office, he, he got on the phone and he said, I have a red button. And, and Donald Trump said, yeah, I know, and I have a bigger red button. And I know how to use mine, and I will. And so Mr. Kim Young forgot about his button. 
until we got another thing in office. But you understand the world has downplayed so long the role of the father and the role of the man. So, so I want, oh boy, I keep coming back to this. Let me just get into it right now. Let me just do that. The second duty of the father is provided or is provider. That is, the man provides as a sense of duty, no matter, no matter what you may think of a male, he's aware of the, of the financial, where his family is, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's got his finger on the pulse of how they're doing financially, how the house is, everything else. And what happens, it causes him to leave home early, arrive home late, and to be a provider. Now, let me, let me, let me throw this at you. He will not be at your rehearsal at school because he's a man. That went over real big. Being away from home is not a sign that he doesn't care. It is a sign that he does care. And he's doing what he's doing because that's his role. Mama stay home with the kids. Daddy is going to go out there and make sure that he brings home the bacon. And he is usually the one that if one job won't do it, he will get a second job to do it. And you need to look at the children and explain that daddy's absence at the school play is not a sign that he doesn't care. It's a sign that he does. Boy, I've been wanting to say that all month. I'm so sick of this hallmark crap. Daddy, you weren't at my school play. I want to step in there and go, I will make, I've always made time for my kids, always. Like on the video, when I got home, I played with my kids. I took them out. We, we shot BB guns. We, we did things together. But it couldn't be on their schedule, their children. They don't set my schedule to bring home a paycheck so you have a bed to sleep in and food in your belly. Well, I've been wanting to say that, good God Almighty. I know men in this church, and I know men, and I've known men for years, that when things got rough, they've actually taken jobs away from home and been away from their family. It's not a sign of neglect. It's a sign of being a man. And I think the woman needs to look and say, Daddy loves you. That's why Daddy had to be gone right now because Daddy had to get a job and 
put a roof over your head and food on the table. Let me tell you something. That man, if he's a man, he'll find a way to get back to his children. But it's not a sign of a lack of love. It's a sign of him being the man God called him to be. He is a, he is a provider. And all the men said amen. Now, that creates another issue with men that they have to learn. Men gravitate naturally to what they're good at. That's why they'll work 14 hours a day. They're good at it. They have to be taught. Thank you. Because it's an uncomfortable situation to hold and hug. And there's a lady, let me, there's a lady that used to go to this church and Every day, her husband would come home from work, and she would take the kids and dump them in his lap and go, I've been with them all day, and now it's your turn. Now, he wasn't that spiritual, so he got a girlfriend and left home. He's not a woman. He's been out there working 12, 14 hours, six days a week, and that's not that he can't play with the kid, but it's not 50-50. You're a female, he's a male. Thank you. And getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to feed him, he has no breast. It's your job. Boy, I'm going to tell you. I'm... He's not neglecting the family. Wow. Uh, you understand, there are things I say first service, I don't say second. <laughs> I have no memory glands. And my wife said to me one day, she said, you don't know what it's like to have children. I said, you're right. I don't. But I know what it's like to carry them all the time. I know what it's like to break my ribs and to go to work anyway. And I bandaged my chest and went to work. Because the family cannot hear an excuse from a wimp. You have no idea at the price a man pays. And I'm saying this to you only. I'm not a recorded, so understand. My marriage fell apart in Tulsa, not in, not in here. And when the girls were growing up, I worked a second job to keep them in a private school. And to this day, they don't know that. I got them to church, not their mother. I'm the one that paid heavily, physically, for them to be where they are. Because I'm dead. But mama's there all the time, so she appears to be the one that cares. Not necessarily true. And that's all I'll say about that. There's some things you just can't say amen, hallelujah. Now, I've got to tell you a story here. Anyway, go to, go to Proverbs 10. Number two, a man is a provider. That is his role. That... That is his primary 
role that God put that in him. You, you can't take it out because you want him to be a girl. Thank y'all. I, oh boy, I got to watch myself right now. Proverbs 10, 4 and 5. Is this okay? He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. And he who gathers in summer is a wise son, and he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. It is very, you can believe God all you want to, but someone's going to have to get up and go to work. (laughs) Thank you. I want to read one more that it's not on my overhead. Proverbs 26, 13. And I want to tell you a story. Um, it's kind of funny. 26, 13. The lazy man says there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion in the streets. Now, it's not good for a man to be lazy. Teach your sons growing up to work. And teach them work is not a four-letter word. It actually defines you, and you'll be satisfied if you work. Right. I, we could get into that one for hours. But, I wanna, but I'm going to tell you a story because this is really a very funny story. When Justin was a boy, with all the kids for a short re- time went to Hampton DeBow Academy. Well, the teacher came to Lisa one day and was talking and she said, Mrs. Morgan, we have an issue with Justin. He lies. And Lisa and I know that Justin doesn't lie. None of our, actually, none of our children, we've never heard him tell a lie. We've heard him when you ask a question, say nothing. <laughs> but not lie. So the, Lisa looked at the teacher and said, and I don't understand. She said, well, he seems to make up stories about his father being in Africa and India and the North Pole. And she said, Miss Morgan, really? And, and Lisa said, he does. He does do those things. Justin's not lying. His dad sometimes travels and does missions work. And she goes, oh, okay. She said, well, um, explain to me about renting an airplane and chasing horses around the pasture. And, And Lisa said, yeah, they do that. And she's like, okay, okay. She said, well, this one, Justin says there's a lion on the porch. And Lisa's laughing and she's going, oh, that's the excuse he gives me when he doesn't want to do anything. She says, honey, I need you to do something. He said, there's a lion in the streets. And Justin would hear me say that to his mother 
and he would know if everything dad says is true because he's the pastor. So apparently we have a lion somewhere. And so Lisa looked at the teacher and said, well, no, that's one's, that one. He just, he's not lying. He just doesn't understand. It's the way my husband tells me he doesn't want to do what I've asked him. <laughs> There's a lion in the streets. So I thought you'd like to know that one. So the number two is provider. The number three is disciplinarian. Um, boy, that one is a tough one, and it would take another hours and hours, but I want to go over it briefly. Um, Ephesians 6, go to Ephesians 6. We've heard many times, you're going to get it when your father gets home. Now, let, let me talk about how that's positive. That's not a negative. That's not a negative. There, the wife is the nurturer, and the woman should learn to discipline the children. But I, I'm just going to tell you, in my home, I never repeated myself. I told them once. Stop. And that's all it ever took. Well, how'd you get them to do it? Because the next thing was not a timeout. It wasn't a lecture. It was a butt whipping that they would never forget. Now again, I'm on first service. No, I ain't saying it second. I'm going to say yeah. Because there must be order in the home. Okay. Um, and and the, the problem with preaching that is that there's always those people grew up with a father who was angry and out of control. And I'm not talking about that. But you can't swing the other way and do nothing. Because you'll lose control of them. The children will try their best to push the envelope. You set the envelope. I did. Ephesians 6. No. Where was I going? 6 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it'll be well with you and you'll live long on the earth. What that, well, the way I took that is that I brought you in the world and I can take you out. Yeah. <laughs> All joking aside, um, honor your father and mother. In our society today, children in their 30s and 40s are still expecting their parents to honor them. No. All of the time the parents raised you as a child, they're taking a break when you leave, and they're thanking God you're gone. Bring the grandkids over. But stop this idea that, again, there's this 50-50, come to my house. No, 
you come to mind. I'm going to let him preach his own sermon. As a, Are y'all following me? There's this idea that somehow or another, the, 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 the giving and the giving and the giving and the giving you got until you're 18 is supposed to continue until you're 50. Uh, no, I don't think so, sweetheart. Honor, it didn't say honor your children. It says honor your parents. Now, it also didn't say if your dad was good or bad. Let me tell you something. When I got born again, I had to learn how to be a dad. Didn't know. I didn't know. I don't, I don't want to live the rest of my life on the things I didn't do right because I was ignorant. I still want honor because I am the one that brought you in the world. And I am still your father. And for your sake. Now, I'm going to say this in this with this one only, and I won't say it in the second one. But when you spend a week with your mother and you give your father a $20 gift card, you got some stuff wrong in your head. The man gave you life. She gave you a womb. She gave you a house and she nurtured you. But that man is your, he gave you life. That's why you have his last name, not your mom's. Well, that, that, that and, and I think sometimes because of the, I didn't see him as much, that he somehow has become less important. But I think the greatest thing you can do is to look at him and go, thank you for being there. You may not understand what he does until you become a parent. And you look back and go, oh, dad, praise God. Che came to me one day and she said, I had no idea. She said, my boys know almost nothing of what is going on in our home because I keep them from everything that happens and I shield them. She said, I had no idea how much was going on when I was a child. I knew nothing because I was doing my job and taking care of them. We will let them become adults when they're adults, but they don't have to become adults when they're six, seven, and eight. And our job is to, is to protect them and take care of them until they get old enough to understand what is really going on in the world. Amen. Boy, that's pretty good. Um, Proverbs 22, 6. Please go with me. We could, man, we could do all kind of stuff here. I hope you understand that the espresso service causes me to move a little quicker. And It's okay. 22, 6. Um, train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Train is the, is the same word for train a horse, and this is what it means. Make them do right. Make them. Make them do right. Create a standard and go, we don't do that. We never do that, and you aren't going to do that. Now, that, that's not harsh. 
It's good. It's very good. Um, I, I, I watched some of you guys on Facebook talking about how when we grew up, what it was like. We didn't have helmets on our bicycles. We, were, we, we learned to be in when the streetlights came on. And listen, we, we, we grew up in a very wonderful world, but I also grew up in a world where I was disciplined to know right from wrong. And I'm going to tell you this, contrary to what you may have ever heard, they actually whipped us in school then, which was good. The coach whipped us, the principal whipped us, and then when I got home, my mother whipped me because I got whipped and embarrassed her. So you, you know, you just didn't do all the stuff you wanted to do because you understood there would be ramifications for that. Thank you. All right. I don't know how to live in a society where there is no judgment for wrongdoing. I've said this before. We have people in here like Tanya. I thank God for police. I don't want to live in a city where there is no judgment for wrongdoing. I don't want to live there. I want to know someone's out there going, you're misbehaving and we're going to spank you. I'm being serious. And I think that there's a lot of men that have been in my office. And I said to one one day, I says, I wish your mother had spanked you more. I wish your father had tore your backside up. We wouldn't, you wouldn't be in here right now with me. 22.6. Did I do that one? Go to 2313. Do not withhold correction from a child. I'm just reading the Bible. If you beat him with a rod, he won't die. He'll, he'll, he'll tell you he's dying. He's not. You'll beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Well, y'all tell you that's random. Okay. Now, Proverbs 1.8. Let's go backwards. Let's go backwards here a minute. Proverbs 1.8. My son... Hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. They will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains around your neck. Parents are not spending the time now to teach their kids right from wrong. I don't know how much time I've got with y'all. It is not the job of the school to teach your kids right from wrong. It is not the job of the government. And we are at a time where we're going to have to tell the government, they're not your kids, they're mine. And I'll raise them any way I want to raise them. And I'm not asking you permission. So I'm going to close with this one thing. I'm out of time. Talking about a man being a warrior and teaching boys to be boys and teaching men to be men. There was a time, and Lisa, you can help me with this. I don't know the school, but it was that school where Melanie Hayward used to live in that neighborhood. Was that an elementary school? I think so. I got called into the principal's office by the principal of the school over Joshua fighting on the playground. And so I went into the principal and I thought, I haven't done this in a long time. (laughs) And um, 
So she calls me in and she said, your son has been fighting. I said, okay. I said, did he start it? She goes, well, he popped this guy in the nose. I said, okay, tell me the details. And I got home and I found out from Joshua that a little boy had attempted to fondle him. It was a big boy. I mean, it was already, he'd already flunked a couple of years. And so I went back to the principal's office and she said, we don't condone fighting. I said, I don't either. If I ever find out my son starts a fight, it'll be the last fight he starts. I said, but um, why is there a kid fondling my son? Well, we've told him to stop. I said, well, I know you may have. She said, if he hits another kid, we're going to suspend him. I said, if he pops him, I'm going to take him out for ice cream. (laughs) And my son has all of my support and permission to not only pop his nose, but to break it. Because apparently you are not doing your job, nor are his parents. And he isn't starting a fight. He is ending one. Boy, we'll come over here. And she said, well, we'll suspend him. And I said, and I'll just homeschool him or put him in another school. I said, and I, and I, and I, you got to understand there's a role of a male. As I leaned over her desk and let her know, I am the boss in my home and here. There will be no fondling or he will stop it. And of course, then she got an education because I don't think she had a man in her life anywhere either. Thank y'all. Y'all are excited. Now, now this is, you can't stop a, 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 teach boys to be boys. Let them be boys. They're, they're going to fight. Let them fight. Y'all got time for Y'all got time. This is silly. It doesn't have anything to do with my sermon, but I want to tell it to you. There was a little boy that came to church here, and he had a bad habit of choking everyone that he wanted to get something from. And so he would grab his little sister and choke her, and mom and dad didn't do anything to stop the little brat, I mean the little boy. Well, in our home... Our boys, we fought a lot. Now, they weren't allowed to fight with mom, but they were allowed to go full bore on me. I mean, they would, they would dive. Justin, which one, Lisa, was the one that would get on the back of the couch and dive through the air and grab me by my neck? Was it Justin? Jordan. That might have been Jordan. Justin always grabbed my feet. He, he, yeah, he always dove low, grabbed my feet. Jordan flew through the air and grabbed my neck, and Joshua slugged it out with me. And sometimes all three at once. See, then that was playtime. Y'all, y'all, you have to understand something. I'm trying to help you. Let boys be boys. 
So this little kid comes over one day to play, and he grabs Justin by the throat. Now, Justin thinks that he's playing, and he wants to fight. Now, in our home, and I hope I don't embarrass him, we nicknamed him Tigger. Because he's always in a good mood, and he would always go, and pounce on you. So Justin jumps on this kid and body slams him. Whoa! And of course, all the boys did that to each other. And this little punk started crying. Justin stopped and went, did I do something wrong? And he came, I mean, you should have seen his little face like, did I do something wrong? And a little boy is crying alligator tears to his mommy. And I walked back there and I went, no. You didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to buy you an ice cream when you get a. <laughs> so I got one more. We told Jill Yansgensky, we told the boys when we had a babysitter, do not fight with the babysitter. Don't fight with the babysitter. Do not wrestle with the babysitter. She asked So we left on our date. Jill Yansgensky is our babysitter. And she walks in the living room and says, want to wrestle? These boys don't have a clue what 98% is. And they beat her up. In fun, they beat her up. And so we got home that night, and Jill sprawled out on the couch, and they, she said, oh, my God. I said, what happened? She goes, the boys beat me up. And I went, don't tell me that. They know better than that. Well, it's my fault. I asked them if they wanted to fight, and I went, oh, God, Jill. <laughs> Listen. I'm going to say this closing. Let boys be boys. Let men be men. Sure, they're not going to do it right. But there is a God-given thing in a man. To be a father and to be a man. Quit trying to change him. Let him be the man God called him to be. Don't work against him. Work with him. And have respect for the man you call father who probably may not have ever learned to nurture you and to hug you. It it may not have been there. It, It was a while before I learned to hug the girls. It was a while. It took me a while to pick them up and to hold them in my arms. I I was at Ramah the first time I held them and I wept like a baby at the feeling but I wasn't raised that way I wasn't taught it we didn't hug in my home growing up nobody hugged now your dad may not have been but I'm going to tell you something a lot of times your father did the best he knew and if he, if he measured up, if he didn't like my own dad, 
he did he did at the time in his life what he thought was his service to his country he did what he thought was the right thing and I don't chide him for that at all and I went to visit him and I created a friendship with my own dad he told me to get a haircut the first day I saw him I thought that's none of your business good God I don't even know you but I just kept my mouth shut you don't sash your dad even when you're 22 it is Father's Day today, and I want you to recognize the good in your dad the way God made him. He may need a phone call if he's still alive. If he's not, if he's not, learn to appreciate him. And if you're a man in here, you learn to be the father that God called you to be. Quit allowing the world to place you in what they think you should do. Amen. Anyway, happy Father's Day. Do you have this? I pray you enjoyed that a little bit. I know that some of it was heavy. That's why I wanted to tell you all about Justin. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing it helps keep all these messages free you can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time